This is the Southern Hills Church of God, and this is our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. We hope this inspires you and guides you and builds your faith. God bless and enjoy this message. Oh, Jesus, isn't he good? I'm telling you, God is good. He's been good to me. I want you to know how grateful I am to see you here in the room today. This message that I want to bring you here is, is one that we know, but it's one it's nice to be reminded of. This message is one that I believe we can carry with us through every situation. And I believe it's one that's very appropriate for the season that we're in right now. You know, I want to, my job today, I believe, is to encourage somebody. Is to encourage someone with this message. The message is simple but so true that God is in um, control. He's in control. And I believe that with everything. I mean, you see, one word that we're hearing a lot of today is the word interactive. We're hearing, and you know what that means is that means to get involved in whatever's going on. It, it's, it's, um, we have interactive games. We don't just passively sit back and watch, but we actually take part in the games. There's TV shows that you can call into and you can be a part of. There's even interactive movies where you can decide the plot. There's, there's so many different things today that were interactive. And it seems new to maybe some of us, but to teachers, it, it's something they they have been doing for years. They, you know, every teacher knows that we learn quicker, that we learn better sometimes by doing rather than simply listening, by getting involved. We learn much quicker. We learn easier by these things. And even during this COVID time right now, we hear schools that are even being interactive and, and maybe even going online. And, and my wife is in that boat. And you see, here's the reality of the world that we live in today, okay, is that none of us ever really knows what's going to happen next. Did you hear that? None of us really knows what's going to happen next. That's why the thought of tomorrow can be scary because here's the reality. Wherever human, whenever human beings are involved, there's never complete permanent security at anything. All we can do is be involved, be interactive with what God is doing. You see, we can't count on the world being a better place next year. We pray, we hope, but we can't guarantee. We can't count on there being world peace. We can't count on our culture. We can't count on the politics. We can't count that even the people that we love will, will be there. See, one of the marks of emotional, being emotional mature, because I believe that's what God calls us to be, to be emotionally mature. And what that means is when we begin to realize that most of the world is out of our control, we are not God. We will never be God. We can't be God. We can't control everything that happens. Instead, we have to only concentrate on the things that we do, the things that we're responsible for, and we accept the things that are not out, that are not in our control, and we don't worry about them. That's being emotionally mature. Understanding that my job here on earth is to not go rogue, but to listen to the Holy Spirit as He speaks. That's our job to be obedient to the word of God and to play the role that God has for us to play. 
You see, while there's many things we cannot count on, there's one thing you can count on, and that is the fact that God is in control. Listen to what the Bible says. Go ahead and throw this very first passage up there. It says, Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. Is, isn't he awesome? For everything in heaven and earth is what? Is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. God is in control. The Bible calls this the sovereignty of God. That means He is the absolute power in life. He is the ultimate ruler. He's in charge. He's in control. And the Bible teaches us that God is in control of nature. He created it. He sustains it. He overrules it when He needs to. And when He does that, we call it a miracle. Everything you see was created at the sound of His voice. And the Word says that creation was made to worship Him. God is control of history. We're moving toward a culmination of events. Life is not a circular motion just going round and round. It is linear. And history is moving toward a grand culmination of events. And that culmination is the day when Jesus comes back down to earth and he calls us home. History is exactly that. His story. There's a grand design. Things just don't happen by accident. There's a purpose. There's a plan. And God is in control of history. And even more personal to us, God is in control of your life. You may not recognize it, but in many areas you have absolutely no choice. You didn't choose where you were going to be born. You didn't choose when you were born. You didn't choose who you were born to. You didn't choose your nationality. You didn't choose your makeup. You didn't choose your talents, the gifts that you have, your interests. You didn't choose those things. Every gene in your body was designed by the Most High God who made everything in His image, who made everything perfect. You say, Pastor, if... God is in control of everything. Do I still have free choice? Well, absolutely you do. Of course you do. You have the ability to choose, which is God's greatest gift to you next to Jesus Christ. But your choice is limited. Hear me. For instance, if I were to play a chess game and the opponent that I'm playing against is a grand chess master, guess what? I can make all the moves that I want to, but the end has already been made up. I'm not going to beat him. I have a choice to move around, to move the pawns, but ultimately he's going to win. I could take a cruise. I love cruises. I can walk to the top deck. I can walk to the bottom deck. I can eat the midnight pizza buffet. Come on now, somebody. I can do all these things, but here's the reality. That boat is still going to go to its next port whether I want it to or not. There's things that we can control, but there's things that we can't. And see, in life, we have the ability to make choices, and you're free to choose, but you're not free from the consequences of those choices. You can choose to ruin your life, but you're not free from the consequences. And see, for somebody who knows Jesus Christ, who, who has accepted Him into my heart, that's comforting news to me, especially in a time where the world seems to be spinning out of control. 
You see, as we face the life before us, we, when you don't know what in the world is going to happen next, we do know that God is still in control. And there's sometimes I just want to grab somebody and shake them real good and say, stop worrying. God's got it. He knew this would happen. He has laid this out for us. Uh, the steps of a good man are ordered by God. So here's what I know about God being in control, okay? Number one is this. Because God is in control, my plans, my plans will be limited. People say the sky's the limit. That's not always true. God puts a limit on things. Watch what he says. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the what? Lord's purpose that prevails. It's the Lord's purpose that prevails. Would you agree that everything in life doesn't go always as planned? Would you agree that God often has a better idea than the way that I'd like to, 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 to do it? We, we make our plans, but God has the last word. How many of you have ever had to change your plans? How many people didn't marry the first person that they thought? God often changes it. See, one of my plans growing up was to be the next great baseball player. I was going to play Major League Baseball. I played for as long as I could. I practiced. I trained. I, I did everything I knew to, knew to do. But guess what? God had a limit on my ability to play. He had other plans. I might chart my course, but God has his own plan. And see, I'm not saying this morning, you need to hear me. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have goals. I'm not even saying that you shouldn't make plans. In fact, the Bible says you ought to make plans. We should make our plans, what? Counting on God to direct us. He's saying, don't just assume that you know exactly what you're going to do. Because who really knows? The more mature you come, you, 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 the more mature you become as a believer, the more open to change we should be. Why? Because we realize how little we really know. The older I get... The, the, I, the more that I realized I knew nothing as a child. See, when I was 16 years old, I knew everything. And my dad knew nothing. But when I got to 21, for some reason, I realized how smart my dad really was. You see, and, and we have to be spiritually mature. The older we get, the more we realize that our best plans are only tentative, that I'm not in control, but God is because my plans have a limit. So here's the key. Make plans to cooperate with God. That's how we should do things. Make plans to cooperate with God. And you pray about your plans. We should make our plans counting on God to direct us. Because here it is. Planning without prayer is assuming. Planning without prayer is assuming. You ought to say, Lord, what do you want me to do and you see that's a good prayer for us today Lord what's the next step for my home what's the next step for my business what's the next step in my relationship what's the next step in ministry what's the next with money instead of praying God bless what I'm doing we ought to pray God help me to do what you're blessing that means my plans have a limit because God is in control my plans are limited. But number two, because God is in control, my problems have a purpose. 
See, that's good news. Life is not just a series of random events with no meaning, accidents that just come and go. Life has meaning. Life has a purpose. And if you're a believer this morning, nothing comes into the life of, of, of a believer without God's permission. If you can't come into your life without permission, then look, your, your problems have a purpose. Ask Job. Ask Job, even as hard as it was, in the end it had purpose. Ask Paul if he wished things would have been different. Ask David. He said they have purpose. And I'm not saying that everything happens to that, that everything that happens to you is God's will. That's not true. God's will is not always done on earth. That's why we pray, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'm not saying that God causes everything, He doesn't. So, you know, God does not cause your problems. He doesn't have to, but he does permit them because there's something he wants us to learn through them. He uses them for the good in our life, for the grand design, the greater scheme of things. If we cooperate with him, if we trust him, if we maintain the right mindset through our trials that we go through. God doesn't cause the problems, but he does allow them. Listen, he did not put Paul in jail. But he allowed him to go there while he was there. And while he was there, he wrote most of the New Testament, which would have never been written if he hadn't been put in a little room and kept chained up because he was too much of an activist to just sit down and write. Think about it. God could have allowed Moses to just have everything he wanted, but he allowed Moses to be told no ten times so he could do the wonderful miracles and the people would be set free. He could have kept David from sin, but it was through his pain that caused him to write the Psalms. God could have kept Jesus off the cross. He didn't put him there. And see, Satan's plan was to put Jesus there, but the plan was spoiled. You see, God loves to turn crucifixions into resurrections. He loves to bring good out of bad. And might I be bold enough to say this morning... That God has the power to put COVID to an end. But I believe there's something he's trying to teach us. And we have to listen to the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, he loves to bring something good out of something evil. He loves to bring growth out of pain, out of hurt. That's what he does. He's an expert at turning things around, at recovery. God is a God of recovery. He doesn't waste anything. And because God says that my problems have a purpose, then I can relax that because no matter what happens to me, God has a purpose and a way out. The Bible says in all this you greatly rejoice. So now for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, a greater worth than gold which perishes, even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. You see, the Bible never said life would be easy. But he did promise we'd make it. He's saying it's not an accident what you're going through. Remember Joseph. 
Joseph said you meant it for bad, but God means it for good. His brothers cheated him. His brothers mistreated him. His brothers sold him to slavery. He was accused of rape and thrown into prison for a crime he didn't commit. All kinds of bad things happened, but God was working. He became second in command in Egypt and even saved them too. And later to his brothers, he said you meant it for evil, but God meant it for my good. So what's the key response to my problem? 2 Corinthians chapter 4 tells me that. What should be my response to my circumstance? He said, therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry. What does he say? We do not lose heart. Why? Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use the, um, a dis- We don't use a deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, we set forth what? The truth plainly. We commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. We don't lose heart. We don't distort the word of God. We speak the truth. And what happens is, he said, for what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of knowledge of God's glory we let our light shine even when it seems too dark but Paul said it never be easy listen but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all surpassing power is from God and not from us we are hard pressed on every side we are but not crushed perplexed but not in despair persecuted but not abandoned struck down but not destroyed why do we have these problems what's the purpose Paul said all of this is for your benefit so that the grace that is what get this don't miss this so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God and then again Paul reminds us when he says therefore we do not lose heart though outwardly we are wasting away yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all so what do we do this morning we fix our eyes not on what is seen we don't fix our eyes on the problems you see around us we don't fix our eyes on the circumstance you may be going through we fix our eyes on the unseen on what God's doing behind closed doors we fix our eyes on the outcome which guess what we win we win (laughs) since what is seen is what temporary but what is unseen goes on forever you see the correct response to our problems is to look past the pain to the purpose of the pain let me encourage you by reading Romans 8 If God be for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? It doesn't matter what tomorrow brings. I have a hope. And my hope is not in tomorrow. My hope is not in the government. My hope is not in our culture. My hope is not even in my home. My hope has a name and his name is Jesus Christ. That's the hope of today, tomorrow, and for the rest of your life.
that God is in control. Because God is in control, my plans have a limit. Because God is in control, my problems have a purpose. And because God is in control, my prayers have power. Listen, they're not just a waste of time. They make a difference. Do you ever wonder, because I know I do, sometimes I get down on my knees and start praying. And I close my eyes and Satan begins to whisper, nobody's hearing. God's not listening. You're wasting your time. Prayer's not going to get above your roof. You are conning yourself. You're, you're just trying to psych yourself up. It's just this trick that you're playing. Prayer's not, not working. It's just mumbo jumbo. It's just a waste of time. Does everybody, has anybody ever sat down and began to pray and you began to think that are my words really getting past my mouth? The truth is, this is why prayer works. Because God is in control. If God were not in control, prayer is a waste of time. But because God is in control, listen, he can control the uncontrollable. You don't have to know the key men if you know the man who holds the keys. He is the man upstairs, the boss, the ultimate leader in my life, the highest person whom I praise and sing praises to, whom my prayers go to, and, and he has some leverage, and he, he can do things that you never thought possible. Because he's in control, my prayers have power. You see, that's the basis of all miracles, God's sovereignty. If he wants to overrule nature, he can. If he wants to overrule human law, he can. If he wants to overrule something, he can. He's God. He can do whatever he wants to. God is able to do far more than we'd ever dared to ask or dream of, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hopes. This is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And since God is in control, then what is the best way to view life? To acknowledge that He's in control, to not fight that. Don't try to control it. Don't run from it. Don't resist it. Just accept it. Cooperate with it. Be grateful for it. Enjoy the blessings of it. Thank God for it. If in his control, nothing can beat you. In his control, the uncontrollable can become controlled. In his control, all problems just seem to go away. And you are renewed in Christ Jesus. You might think you can't do it. But he can. God is in Control. So as I kind of attempt to, in the next couple minutes, to wind this down, the best way to prepare for tomorrow is to have a spiritual base. A spiritual base. And the B in base stands for to believe. To believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross. To believe that he died for me 
and showed he was God by coming back to life. It is this good news that saves you that Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture says he would, that he was buried and three days afterwards arose from the grave. You believe that Jesus Christ is who he says he is. Believing in Christ is more than just a head knowledge. The word believe in Greek simply means to trust in, cling to, rely in, adhere to. It means to be totally committed. It means to do it from your heart and not just from your head. And you see, a lot of people miss heaven by 18 inches because they might know it here, but they don't know it here. It's more than just knowing Him. You have to know everything about Him. Believe that He died. Believe that He did it for you. And believe that He's in control today. The B stands for to believe. The A is to accept. Accept God's free forgiveness for my sin. Now God says He will accept and acquit us, declare us not guilty if we trust Jesus Christ to take away the sin. We can all be saved in the same way by coming to Christ no matter who we are or what we've been like. Aren't you grateful for that? I'm so grateful that Jesus loves me no matter who we are or what we've been like. That we're never too bad, never too far gone, never a hopeless case. There's no hopeless cases in his book. He says we can come to him. You see, that's the easy part. It's so simple. God doesn't give you a list of rules and say you got to do this, 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 and this. He said just come to me. Just come to me. Accept him. We have to believe have to accept the S stands for switch to switch to God's plan for my life because the Bible says to turn from your sins and act on this glorious news to not let the world squeeze you into its own mold but let God remake you so that your whole attitude and mind is changed switch to God's plan we believe we accept we switch and the E is to express my desire to, for Christ to be the director of my life I tell them, I don't become a Christian. See, you don't become a Christian until you ask. God, come into my heart. God, I accept you. I accept you as the sovereign person in my life. If you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's God's promise. Believe, accept, switch, express. You say, Pastor, what's the point this morning? I think in a season of COVID-19, we worry too much. Is there cause for concern? Absolutely. We need to be careful. We need to wear our mask. We need to wash our hands. We need to do all those things, okay? I'm not, don't take this out of, uh, out, out of um, a context. We need to do those things. We need to be careful. But we should not worry because I don't hold tomorrow, but my God does. And my God will keep you. He will protect you. He will watch over you. I was telling Matt Moore just this morning. My kids, for some reason, it seems like every other week there's an ear infection. There's a cold. There's something with their sinuses. There's something going on. L look, since the middle of, of January, my kids haven't had anything. This is the first time I think I've gone three or four months in a row where nobody's gotten sick. 
And it's because I believe it with all my heart, Miss Paula, that I go in their room every single night and I lay my hand on all three of my kids and I pray for the sovereign God to protect them as they sleep and for the sovereign God to keep them when they wake up. I pray that when they leave my house and get in my car, that God would watch over the car, that he'd keep everybody else around us at bay. I pray that when they go into a restaurant or into a store, we take every precaution we should. But I pray the power of God keep them. And you see, that's the type of God that we serve. That when we ask him to, he's there. He's never left us. Because God is in control, my plans might be limited. But because God is in control, my problems have a purpose. And because God is in control, my prayers have power. My prayers have power. So I declare to this to you today, my challenge before we pray and before we leave, that if you're here and you need the assurance that God is in control, then this prayer is for you. Listen, no matter what situation you're in, no one, doesn't matter what type of battle you face, my God is in control. Give it to God. Give it to God. With all eyes closed and all heads bowed this morning, you say, Pastor, I need the assurance I need assurance that I'm going to be okay. That my children are going to be okay. My job situation's going to be okay. My bank account's going to be okay. My business is going to be okay. My marriage is going to be okay. My job is going to be okay. My church is going to be okay. My relationships are going to be okay. If you're here and you want the assurance of God, let me pray for you. That the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus.